Hello and welcome back to the Peg Bar and Grill. My name's Sam Taylor and this is Tim McCaw. Hello. Um, and we're back with another couple of special episodes uh, which we're recording on video this time. Uh, you'll be able to catch on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the line animation and it's also available on our podcast feed uh, where we have 30 odd other episodes uh, that we've recorded over the last um, few years. So uh, these episodes are actually sponsored by um, the BFI network who are a national lottery funded network. Um, they wanted to ask to talk about um, short films and filmmaking because uh, the network actually has a short film fund which is open twice a year and you can find out more information about that via network.bfi.org.uk uh, which I recommend doing you know, for anyone out there making short films. Um, they fund both live action and animation and uh, we'd just like to thank them for uh, kind of getting us out of uh, retirement to kind of interview some amazing people. Um, in this podcast, we're going to be interviewing like one of our kind of animation heroes, uh, which is Alberto Mielgo. Absolutely phenomenal artist. Um, as we learned on the podcast, he was an incredible animator as well. He's been super influential, I think, over the last 10 to 15 years in, in you know, both in the UK where he used to freelance a lot and now kind of like globally with his like involvement in projects like uh, Into the Spider-Verse and... Uh, and now he's going into like kind of making his own features and shorts, uh, which are just amazing. Yeah, I, I think um, if, if you guys are watching this, you're probably already familiar with Alberto's work. Um, but uh, I think he's been incredibly um, influential and put a huge stamp on animated feature films um, over the last few years. We talked to him about all kinds of things, um, getting started in the UK, um, working on Spider-Verse, um, leaving Spider-Verse. Um, and uh, everything that he's up to now, including his most recent film, um, The Windshield Wiper, which is absolutely incredible, and it's touring festivals at the moment. So if you guys get a chance to watch that at all, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Yeah, I uh, really hope you enjoy the, the interview. Whereabouts are you right now? I am in Madrid right now, <coughs> in Spain. Oh, sweet. Is that where you're based, like, permanently? Uh, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not too sure, to be honest. Like, I'm, I've been living in LA for 11 years, but I kind of, like, go back and forth for the last three, four years. I opened a studio here in Spain. Um, so, kind of, like, I spend a, a lot of time now in Spain, but I also go to LA, and I spend a lot of time there as well. Like, some years I spend more time in USA, some years I spend more time in Europe. Depends of projects, depends of how things go. Okay. Is that difficult? Is that um, like constantly having to like find apartments and stuff like that? Uh, well, it's just expensive because I have to have two places permanent, you know. Okay. So I have my, yeah, I have my studio in LA where I have all my paintings and that's it. I only have paintings. The other stuff is just rubbish, just like furniture and things that they are like cool but nothing really important uh but the paintings are important it's almost like it's almost like for the last years i was painting it small just because it's nicer to carry on you know to carry the paintings like when you have a lot of paintings it's almost worse than having a piano or something like that which is basically a pain in the ass. I don't know if you ha guys have seen, but there is a lot of free piano adverts <laughs> yeah. 
everywhere because nobody wants to carry that shit around. And it's like, if you come and pick it up, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. So that's the same thing with paintings. You cannot actually uh, move them uh, unless you're doing like properly and having paintings is almost a, a pain. Big paintings is almost a pain in the ass. Oh, well, if you want to, if you want to give away any paintings because they're they're getting in the way, just let me know. I'll, I'll come and pick some up. Free, <laughs> free. But well, it's you have to actually carry them from LA. It's not that easy, you know. It's almost yeah. like Swear it's out. not that easy. It's not that easy. So I mean that must be like that must be a pretty big influence on your on your work as well like all the moving around I guess that the work that you do kind of reflects seems to reflect the place that you're living quite a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, of course, hundred percent. I, I mean, I've been, I've been, I've been a foreigner per se since I am basically eighteen years old, and mm -hmm. I am forty two now, so. I've been living abroad more than in my own country already. And I like the feeling of being a foreigner. I like to come back to Spain and, and experience my country, but I don't feel like I have a nationality per se. Like I don't feel myself too much of a Spanish person, even though I love Spain, but just because I've been living so much uh, abroad, I am a, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm not, I'm not confused. It's just that I don't, I'm not particularly uh, bothered about my nationality per se. Yeah, yeah. How does that work with um, going back and forth? It's part of going back and forth from LA to, to Europe to do with like visas or anything like that? Or like, do you get work in, in LA in, for America? Or... That must yeah, be I, yeah, I have a green card in America. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that. That was. I mean, it's just a process, like same. I suppose, like same as getting like a, like a visa in in Europe. Uh, but I never had to get the visa in Europe, so I don't know what's the process. Uh, but but yeah, it's, it was like I arrived first in LA, maybe like, yes, yeah, I say like eleven years ago, and and I got the typical work visa, and then. I upgrade personally into a green card um, as soon as I saw the possibility. You know, um, Americans are very cool in terms of, you know, like if you have some merits and some sort of like good work to offer, they are very keen to to offer you visas, of course, and and they want you there, which is which makes total sense. Mm. What what was it that brought you back to Spain after eight years? Uh, sorry, eleven years in in LA. Oh, family mostly was like my parents are super old, mm. uh, like past ninety. Uh, Both of them. Yeah, my mother is eighty-seven. My father is ninety or eighty-six, ninety. Like you know, it's and um, and uh, it it was just a matter of like checking more often you know before it was like i disappear for like months and then i i come back in the summer i come back a few days in christmas and and now it's just a matter of like uh staying closer um as as much as possible it's a little bit uh, tricky because of work obviously and and things but but uh, i don't know and also I, I wanted to change like to be honest la is okay but i sort of like hate it 
I like it, but but I don't. There's a lot of things that I love. I have really cool friends there, but it is it is a it is a little bit of a strange city and and it's fucking ugly. I think it's like one of the ugliest cities I've ever experienced in my life. It's like it's almost like a like a low level ugly building, super ugly architecture with palm trees. Um, there, there is a there is very very nice architecture kind of like up in the hills and very kind of like famous buildings uh, like private homes, but but LA is, is dirty. Like they don't clean it. Is 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 it's not like in Europe. You know, like there is like a daily cleanup in the streets. You know, like um, and there is a lot of beautiful ornaments, a lot of story, beautiful buildings. You you walk in the middle of London, and and you see beautiful cozy corners that they are like extremely inspiring. LA has none of that. On in my opinion, I think that this the the movies made a huge favor to LA. Like when you watch, you know, films based in LA, you you fall in love with it somehow, obviously, because the light is actually very cool there. Yeah. The light the light in LA is, is actually very nice. And also because the cinematographers they're amazing. Uh, but when you go there, most of the time people get really disappointed when they go to the specific locations of specific movies. They are like, oh my God, really? This looks like shit. And when you go to the to the to the main Hollywood street with the star, yeah, you know, yeah. when, when they start, you guys being there is the most disappointing experience ever. I just went um, there and I spent most of my time around sort of like Venice Beach, which I thought was quite cool. Um, yeah, well, of course, the ocean. When I was walking around the street, I know what you mean, there's sort of like around the area that like other than the kind of street, too much to look at, but I was, very, I was with someone who, was from LA and I was like obsessing about all the kind of um, liquor store signs and I thought because you don't really get anything like that in, in Europe or in London and he was right like, he was like why are you excited about that like why are you excited about all these boring neon signs it was like someone getting excited about a corner shop in the UK or something <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck the police ruining this <laughs> that's all right no it's fine that's a bit of texture but like that's I mean, surely, like, there's something in that. I feel like you like that stuff in your work, like that griminess and grittiness. Mm. I feel like you've spent a lot of time painting that that stuff mm. um, in your work. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, to be fair, um, it is, it is. There is something about ugly that I also love. You know, there is like beautiful, even you know, in London, the the council houses that yeah. they are like these blocks of concrete with a bunch of windows. Uh, fuck, in terms of composition, they look amazing. And I actually really love them. Or, or if you go to the Russian sort of like Eastern Europe or even Russia, there is like incredible, very communist, com communist uh, sort of like look, looking buildings that at first they are definitely not, they are basically functional. Uh, it's just like a window with 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 a uh, with a wall. There's no need of ornaments or anything like that, like we have in the in the old buildings in Europe. There is also a, a lot of beauty on that because of the lines, I suppose, and and mm. and you know, it's it's something that I that I also like. 
about places that they are ugly, but they are like, wow, that looks pretty amazing. So uh, you mentioned London, like uh, what, what age did you come to London and when did you start working? Well, London was my first experience in the, in, in out of Spain. Like I, I, I came, I went to London when I was 19, I think it was. And, um, and I, I spent eight years in London. Um, so <clears throat> I love, I love London. Um, it's, 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 it's a city that has a lot. It has a lot of flavor and it has a lot of things to do. And, and it's crazy because, I mean, when you get, when you live there, you are used to, but when you, when you leave and you come back, you realize that everything is very nicely art directed. Like even the urban furniture that you guys have, you know, like the fences, uh, the lamp posts, like, uh, you know, everything is nicely designed. The, the underground sign, there is like a nice colors, like everything is very solid black with hints of gold and yellow. And, and you see like, wow, there is like a, there is like a designer or like graphic designer behind almost everything. And, and it's very nicely well done put together. Like it's, it's a city that is, that it has like really cool taste in terms of design, you know, like you go to Paris and it's beautiful, but the, 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 the urban furniture kind of elements, they are not as well cool design as London, I think. Hmm. The new stuff, I mean, the new stuff, you know, like um, uh, if obviously you go to the metro stations in Paris and you see these beautiful kind of like things from the beginning of the century, that's different. I mean, like the new stuff that London is still producing, uh, just like the no parking signs or things like that, they're like super, super cool. Yeah, London has a huge, like, I think it's one of those cities where like, even if you look at the skyline, there's such a crazy blend of modern and, and super old buildings and like yeah um i think that is something that makes i think it's also a thing when you move to a new place like you 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 start looking you're like you shut down when you're when you when you're in your hometown and mm. then when you travel somewhere new suddenly you're looking around and it changes your way of perceiving stuff mm. completely which i imagine yeah. must have been something for you when you came over here when you were 19 like just looking at a different kind of scenery for the first time. Yeah, hundred percent. The smells, you know, like I, I, the smell is absolutely different. Uh, there is a lot of smell of butter here and there, which is <laughs> kind of like it is in, in London. Yeah, yeah. You don't notice, but when you arrive there, it's like, oh wow, it smells like butter. Um, it's cool. I guess it's because of the cooking or whatever, and <laughs> and. <laughs> It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I miss it. Like every time that I go to London, I arrive there and I'm like, wow, it's, it's the same as LA. LA funny, you know, it's, it's full of cars and bunch of like fucking pollution, but it smells like flowers, crazy, almost everywhere. Like, like you just go out of the plane and then you get into the Uber drive or whatever. You open the window and oh fuck, that smells, smells like some cool flowers in LA. Is it air freshener or, or is that real flowers? <laughs> no 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 it's like L la has this kind of like essence that when you are there you notice but when you are you know like maybe you spend two three months out of la you arrive and it's like 
mm, cool because it has like a lot of very weird plants here and there you know like um it's mm. interesting it's interesting when oh sorry i was, I, I was going to ask about just moving to london starting at the beginning yeah like when you first came over here when you were 19 like what was the thing that motivated you to come over and where did you land and how did you end yeah. up yeah Oh, it was a girl of, uh, um, I was in a relationship, beginning of the relationship and she wanted, I, Spanish government had like an agreement with British government at the time because you guys were in the need of having nurses and there were a lot of, um, I think even nurses and doctors back in the time for some reason, you guys were not choosing to do that and they, it was a lack of it. And they, it was an agreement and bunch of nurses, they migrate to UK. And one of them was my, was my girlfriend at the time. And, and right after she left, I was like, fuck, this is miserable. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with her. So I follow her and it was probably the best thing that I did in my life because I was working in animation here, um, in in a studio but you know like when i arrived to uk all of a sudden i saw the cool jobs like the cool things that i could get there cool commercials and it was like the golden age i think it was the golden age um of the 2d like you guys are basically one of the few that actually keep doing really cool high quality but back in the time you have like a aka studios uh, um, passion pictures doing gorillas at the time uh, with Pete Candelan. Um, I don't know. It was like, like a lot of the cool 2D, trendy, uh, cool commercials for Orange, like uh, uh, amazing stuff that it was happening right there, right before fucking 3D. Mm, yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck everything around. Uh, which I mean now I love 3D, but but back in the time it came, it came a little bit unexpected, right? It was like almost slapping everywhere. I think that you guys are much, I, you guys are younger than me, um, but uh, I think so, right? I don't know if you experienced. Did you guys experience that hell of a change from 2D to 3D? I think we're like probably five or six years younger than you, so we we're a little bit behind. I, I think guess. We, okay, okay. we came up through the generation where. 2D was the drawn stuff was not competing well with the 3D stuff. So the the few jobs that were um, done on paper, like gorillas or like any kind of big advert, they wanted to celebrate it, the fact that it was pencil on paper, and they all went to like a handful a handful of like kind of senior guys, and we came up through the back door where we were like we can do this like digital animation stuff with Wacom tablets, and it's like cheaper and Mm. Uh, so we we got those sort of like jobs where you'd animate in flash and things like that and, then, and they expected them to be yeah like yeah, yeah actually make them quite good uh and so then as kind of 3d kind of got a bit uh common and people like were like what else is everyone else doing there was people we were there was like our generation who was experimenting in different 2d styles and more illustrational stuff and we could produce it cheaper than the old 2d method mm. of paper and pencils and and we i think we sort of like were very fortunate that we were part of that generation to ride that wave you know mm. for sure yeah but um was you a 2d animator when you first started 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's what I was doing. Like when I arrived in London, I the first job that I got it was really cool because uh, it was uh, it was two D animation for a film that DreamWorks. I mean, we were doing for DreamWorks, which was called Simbad, and mm-hmm. I was some sort of like um, it was I was very young, but I was like sort of like a early young talent. Like I was like I loved two D animation, and I was very realistic and somehow I have the skills. Don't ask me. I mean, I guess I figure why is because I was doing a lot of flip books when I was a kid. Uh, and I have this sense of motion and animation. I suppose that is the same case as you. Uh, but I but I was very young to do what I was doing. You know, I was like basically animating in very highly realistic uh, and high quality films. So I was kind of like cocky somehow like hey fuck i'm so early in my career working for this my fucking film and it's like so cool and and then animated on sinbad i didn't know that yeah yeah i was was animated on on sinbad and um i mean huh what did you animate on that film can you remember shots like i was not definitely (laughs) like a like a lead like you know like I, i animate several Simbats running and a bunch of guards running. I, I love action when I was animating wow. and that was kind of like my cool thing. Um, but you know, like I, I was just working with a lot of senior amazing guys. Everybody was much older than me, incredible talents from London. Um, and, uh, and I was really happy to be there, but <clears throat> that was the peak of my beginning. And it went to hell immediately. And I kind of like face what it was. Um, no failure, of course, but, you know, right after being in a very good position, I was young. I was like, wow, this is the beginning of my career. What the fuck? I'm already where I want to be. Um, all of a sudden, 3D game. And I remember when we were actually working in Simbad that there was a re- rumor, right? That they were saying like, uh, Disney is not going to do any more 2D films. Mm. And, and we were in DreamWorks. I'm like, DreamWorks is not going to do that. And, and then, you know, we were like, not 2D films. That's impossible. Everything is going to be this lame-ass dinosaur kind of looking shit that they were doing at the time. You know, it was not even great. And, and we were like, no, that's impossible. You know, like we can, we are graphic. We are cool. You know, it's impossible. It's impossible. But literally, like two, three months later, the DreamWorks also announced that they are not going to do any more 2D film. So it was a, it was a drama. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they couldn't recycle at the time. Um, people that they were maybe on their 50s or late 40s that they basically... I'm talking about the time where Google was actually more or less starting, like... Yeah, people didn't maybe use computers uh, mm. as we do now, right? So to recycle yourself from 2D to 3D uh, when you are certain age is very difficult. I was very young at the. Th- I mean, I was young. I was like 20 or 19 or 20. So it was it was and I it was a good moment for me. But I didn't know how to animate in 3D. I didn't receive any training or whatever, and and all of a sudden I was in London, all cocky myself, 
trying to find fucking jobs and nobody knew me and and I didn't know anybody. So I had to start working, you know, in back in restaurants and and wow. the same thing that 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 is normal to do anyways. And and that was for maybe like maybe like nine months or something like that, in which I came back to reality. And I said like, oh fuck. So no more drawing, I guess. And 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 then I bought a computer and I started painting. Mm. Uh, so oh, really? that was the thing. That was what it was the kind of like work drying up which led you to to move into kind of more painting and art. Direction. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think that would be a surprise to most people to know that you come from an animation yeah. kind of place yeah, to yeah. start with, looking at what you do. I mean, I, I think that the thing we were talking about it just before we got on the call right now, but they're like, I think the thing about your work, um, I think it's, I think it's fair to say that you pretty much like transformed the look of 3D animated feature films. Like we get so much, um, uh, so much interest from companies who are saying, can we do something that looks, you know, like 3D, but like Spider-Verse, you know, like not normal 3D. <laughs> like, can we try, we want to do something different, like, but like Spider-Verse, you know? Mm. And it's, I, I think it's really like, there was years there where it was, everything looked like vinyl dolls. Um, and that's, you know, obviously fine. And that's like, a, that's a style that works and everything. But it, it always felt like, why are people not branching out? Why are people not trying something else? And I think that it really took the work that you did on Spider-Verse to, to kind of push the industry mm. somewhere else. And I think it's had this really lasting Im uh, impact. You know, there's all mm. kinds of different films that are being made now that feel completely different than mm. anything that I've seen before. And it really feels like a, a before Spider-Verse and af after Spider-Verse kind yeah. of, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is true, it is true. Um, I mean, to the, Basically, I mean, to the def to the defense, yeah, to the defense of everybody else that has been doing kind of like the same kind of thing over and over. Uh, I will say that the main reason is because it's not easy to change pipelines. Uh, you know, like at the time when I arrived in Sony, Sony was doing emojis and Smurfs, and they were very successful with a very specific pipeline. And asking them to switch and to change things and to do things new is very expensive, very risky. You have a lot of people against you. You have software companies against you. You have political political deals that the companies have. Um, and you have a whole crew that is working in a certain way that if you start moving things, it might mean that you need to get rid of people, yeah. which is not cool. Um, so most of the times people is very comfortable in their companies doing what they have to do in a corporation because it's basically a cookie factory, right? It ingredients goes here, goes there. And um, if all of a sudden you arrive into a company and try to change things, it's a huge impact for a lot of things. Uh, so it's not easy. That's why, mm, that's why the successful pipeline that Pixar and, and DreamWorks and, and these that they actually put together um, up to a point that you cannot even differentiate who fucking makes one movie or what. Like for the general audience, everything is Pixar or for a general audience, everything is Disney. Um, but it makes sense because it's, it's successful. Making 3D is a 
pain in the ass. There is a lot of mistakes rendering. There is a lot of software issues. Um, it's a hell of a technology. You need to know a lot. You need to have very, very savvy and incredible professionals that they know how to get into basically mathematics. I mean, it's like sometimes it's like extremely, extremely difficult. Mm. So it's not as easy to just be an artist and it's like, let's fucking do this. Let's, let's put lines over the fucking thing. And then, it's, mm. and then people is like, how the fuck we gonna put lines? You know, in, in, 2D, in 2D, we draw them mm. yeah. frame by frame, which is a pain in the ass. But, uh, but in 3D, there is like, you know, you have to do it however you can. But uh, there is like a lot of like technical issues and difficulties and a lot of thought behind everything. Was going to uh, Sony to make Spider-Verse your first um, experience of like moving into 3D or had you always thought like, you know what, I think there's a different way of doing it, um, you know, and this is what I, was, you, was there any kind of experimentation on your side before going to, um, to Sony to do it? Because I guess like, for, I guess, credit to them like to to kind of get you on board to kind of bring come in and like revamp the way they were doing something doing stuff like you said they really were like quite comfortable with their pipeline i guess it's quite hmm. for them and there must have been someone uh who saw something in you and thought this is you know this is going to lend itself well to to what we're trying to do and move forward with. yeah yeah of course i mean <clears throat> i i would i did before the before spider-man I think it was either, I think it was Tron or of course, yeah. maybe some commercial or whatever. I don't remember exactly what it was before exactly, but um, Tron, it was full 3D and it was very architectural as well. Um, and um, the one of the executives in Tron was at the time in, at Sony and he obviously knew my work and he likes my work. And then they say like, we want to do something cool just bring your shit here uh just go wild and and that's what i did and they and they were great i mean they they flew me to new york i i wanted to experience vertigo i wanted to go on top of the buildings and actually see like what the fuck uh, you know it's like i can be in my desk checking like google maps or photographs but it's not the same if you're gonna paint you know vertigo and i remember being with this location scout guy that he was telling me we're gonna go to this building tomorrow i'm gonna go to the door but i'm, a, I'm gonna go with you and some of the places they were really gnarly like just basically you could i mean it, it was surprising like in new york you know some of the buildings on the top they are just covered by a chain really and then yeah and it was raining and I was just there with my fucking camera. And I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna die. Oh, this is... really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy, it was crazy. But I, I wanted to see what it, what it was. Like I wanted also to, to, to get in one of those window cleaning things, you know, the ones that they, but it was a hell of a nice. Like we, we were trying, but it was like a lot of like permits and yeah. things that I had to do. I don't think I will be able to do it. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's not that I have vertigo, it's just like, 
that's insane. I mean, it's just like <laughs> it's just like a forty or fifty or or fucking hundred floors. That's 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 more than vertigo, and it's and it's very strange because it's it's narrow. Um, but yeah, they they were very they were just you know letting me do absolutely everything, and they were like super excited like with just the first paintings that i was doing they were like wow this is fucking nuts so 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 yeah of course they were extremely brave and i mean they the final the final film i think that it was like probably the most liked animation film in a decade or or, or something you know it's like there is there is no people that there is no there's no indifference about it right mm, definitely yeah, yeah. definitely yeah, when I saw the um, when I first saw the first trailer for it, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so excited!" Like, and I was like, "This is Miyoko, hundred percent." And like, I, when I tried to look in the credits and that, I couldn't see any anywhere your involvement in it. And I was like, "This style of Miyoko or someone has like ripped him off." But it didn't feel like <laughs> when some people try to do your painting style. It doesn't quite have your same taste level, you know. Like, uh, um, but I wanted to talk a bit if you feel comfortable about it. Like, like, what was your, like, how did you leave the project or like? Yeah. What was, what was that experience? Yeah, like? it's totally, it's totally fine. I mean, it's it's like the conversation that we just had. It totally leads into the next question. Like, what happened there? <clears throat> well, same thing. Like, I wanted to do the film the same way that I did. The witness, or the same way that I'm doing my 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 films now, and that involves a lot of painting, that involves other sort of software. You know, at the moment Sony was using Katana, which I found it was absurd for what I wanted to do, uh, and I wanted to use other softwares that they were more flexible for using 2D and things like that. And you know, uh, at some point, Sony. I was just basically saying like, I want to do it like this. There is no other way. Um, and uh, we were doing a fucking cool animation test. Um, and it was really, really cool. But it, but it was like a completely different way how they would have done it, right? With their current pipeline at the time. So it was like a, basically a moment in which Sony was saying like, well, we want to do it like, we want to make it look like what you are doing, but we don't want to make it your way. And and I was saying like, there's no way you're gonna make this film the uh, the way that I want to look if you don't do it my fucking way. Because you know I'm 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 kind of like sort of like stubborn yeah. in a way. So we had this moment in which you know I wanted to go into some direction, and then I start getting like. Um, derailing we were derailing each other you know somehow like i wanted to have more realistic characters as well in terms of proportions and things like that so for some reason we were not agree um mostly for you know like pipeline reasons and expenses and things like that and and it was at, at some point it was like okay uh, either you you either you do it like sony wants to do it or or here is the door, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take the door. So, uh, but then they, yeah, no, but 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 then they have to make the film, right? And 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 obviously, all my my team 
was behind. I, I was training like a bunch of painters or I was even hiring painters that I love that they managed to paint amazingly, whatever the style. So basically like the two years or almost two years that I was there, um, it left like obviously a, a big signature and then new people came in and and they have to hire people that they were basically able to keep the essence uh, of what I was doing with um, the way that Sony wanted to make the film. And, and they were doing something that maybe was not exactly what I wanted to do. It had the flavor, obviously, and, and uh, that's very much, that's very much the story. <laughs> if we would have gone down your the pipe, your preferred pipeline look, would have you stayed with the project even though it's going a bit more of a kind of, I want to say like cartoonier sort of style of. Um, uh, um, I, you know, what I really liked about Spider Man and superheroes in general is the, is the kind of like the pop culture. You know, like the poses, you know, like shit like that. Uh, that I was feeling that the movie was was losing um, the realistic proportions from, you know, like uh, f- from the Spider-Man from the seventies or whatever. You know, like uh, the 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 pattern, the dots, all these things. I was just basically obsessed about it, and I'm like, how can I? get this into animation you know like the patterns and and the graphics and the lines and how can we do shaders that they actually emulate these kind of things um and i i i didn't like the idea of making a bath toy again like 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 a character with a big head and big eyes like i wanted to make something that is cool nice human Canon cool proportions, like why doing a Spider-Man that has skinny ass fucking legs? Yeah. So that was kind of like my, like I wanted to stay away from, from cartoon. I love cartoon. You don't don't get me wrong. I might one day do something that is extremely cartoon, but but at the moment there is something about human proportions in animation that I that I really like and I want to keep exploring. Not hyper realism, but you know, cool human proportions. I think that, that they are nice. I, I think there's something about what you do. Again, we were talking about that this before the call, like this about what you do, which you're kind of one of the only people who are, who is operating in that place that's so close to realism, but is still highly stylized that yeah. works somehow. And there's just, I was trying to think of anybody else who's doing that well. Yeah. I, I just can't. <laughs> I just can't really think of anybody. It's, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and I, I think you, I think with that film, you brought you brought an element of like, on, not cartoon, but like comic to it that felt very like, um, like un, there was a sort of like unrealistic side of it as well with the kind of flash frames and the mm. kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the big, uh, the stylized. Yeah, things. like the stylized lighting or the kind of like the graphic, the graphic type and stuff like that and it really balances itself super nicely with <clears throat> with this kind of realistic proportion and it, it for me it kind of satisfied the because i mm. like cartoony stuff as well but and it, it kind of satisfied my 
the adult me and the the kid me you know who wants mm. to see this kind of animation that you know i obviously grew up you know everyone kind of grew up watching cartoons <clears> but now you want to see more adult stuff it was that perfect blend and yeah it's a shame that they they didn't fully commit to that but um, i wanted to ask actually like uh, was you brought in what was your role when you were brought in originally was you going to direct it no, I mean when when I got in, we there was not even a director at the time. It was like the first draft of the script, and they were just basically. Uh, I mean, I was basically hired as the production designer, or the in America they say production designer, basically the art director, and um, I was just basically exploring the world, the art of the graphic, the bringing the comic book into motion. Uh, exploring a Spider-Man world, um, characters, New York. Um, <clears throat> so basically, that's what I was doing: character designs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, uh, you know, when when I do art direction, I, I like to put my hand on everything. You know, I had experience before in which I was an art director, and some other was doing the characters, and some other person like. I, I don't like that scenario. I like to design absolutely everything. Is is because otherwise you start kind of like trying to melt two styles together. Mm-hmm. And um, I prefer to just be like in control. I'm I'm like a in animation. I'm like a control freak. Like in my life, I'm pretty loose. But in animation, I'm fucking anal as fuck. Is is weird. That, that word is funny, but but yeah, I'm like extremely like precise and and, and I'm I'm very very you know like with the details and everything is very very important for me. Yeah, like because when I've all the pre-production stuff I've seen come out from that project that you did, like it felt like you were directing it, like like even that animatic that you you did for it um, that I saw you post in the Vimeo. That just blew my mind, man. Like I just couldn't believe how. <laughs> like, there's shots that didn't change one bit that is still in the film that you were in that animatic. Like all the way from that, I guess must have been some of the first stuff done on that project. And and like yeah, exactly. The, the team who or the, or the directors, but like those are the best shots in the film, a hundred percent. Like I, I love the, the bit where he's like fa- like falling off the building and then it kind of you know inverts and he's falling up and. He shoots his webs just at the last minute before he like, like he enjoys that moment as he's falling, like all that stuff. It's like chilling to watch. Like, um, thank you so much. You were directing it, like, so maybe that's where you're. <clears throat> I mean, in in a way, it was because I mean the the deal originally the deal, and this is like uh, something that I actually never said, but the deal was like at the time. I basically wanted to direct things. I was just kind of like represented by, actually I was represented by Framestore at the time as a director, but nobody fucking wanted to do anything that I wanted to do. I was pitching for a bunch of shit and they didn't like this style or whatever. Clients, they were like, no, no, no. So I was just like struggling myself and I'm like, I want to direct. So they, the Spider-Man thing, when they first called me, I was like, no way, I don't want to do art direction. I want to direct. So the deal was like, okay, I'm gonna do an art. I'm gonna art direct this film, but you guys let me to direct the animation test, whatever is gonna be shown in Comic Con. That was the idea. 
that we will do like a mini trailer to show in Comic-Con. And that's the animatic that you saw. So all that stuff, I was directing it. And then I was, and the animation test that we were doing basically as well. So it was like my first time kind of like doing uh, sort of like proper direction in a big team and talking with big pipelines and things like that. Um, so I guess that that's, that's why um, all these shots are still there. And and it, even though it looks like a drama, it was not really such a drama. It was just like a misunderstanding at some point, but um, Sony obviously uh, loved what happened there and they they kept the the final image i mean the final the final look it has obviously the essence and you know there were some as you say many of the shots that i was doing in the in the early animatic um they are still there because they were they were they were fun they were cool shots like let's just turn the camera of course or they, you know let's just follow the character like 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 if we have like a rig in the in the character mm. so those those kind of things they're still there. Yeah, like cool. I, I love the film. Like I really enjoyed it. And yeah, we uh, we took the whole company. We yeah, it was like it together. Actually, it was, it was like a day. Really? nice. And um, but I there was a part of me that when I started to see your like designs coming up, it I, I almost wish I hadn't seen it. You know, because like, it it made me mourn the film that it could have been. You know, like. Uh, but then I guess like you know seeing the witness come out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you. Know, you you instantly kind of showed, I guess, like a, a more distilled version of your vision um, of what that could have been. Can you talk a little bit about like the process of making that? Like the witness. Yeah, I mean, you look at it and it just, I, I think like you look at it at first and it just feels like a bunch of, it's an Alberto Pielgo painting and then it's moving and it's like, whoa, I didn't expect it to move in such a realistic way or mm. to like, I didn't expect it to be so three-dimensional or so human and 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 it, and it kind of carries on like that throughout the whole piece and I think that the thing that I I've kind of realized watching it and re-watching it several times is that it's, in, it's actually incredibly complex I mean it's either incredibly complex or incredibly simple and you're doing something really clever but I don't really know how you do it <laughs> Uh, and it's uh, and and there's something there that's very different than anything else that's been done visually. Well, I am, the witness has a lot of the two D thought and the two D planning uh, because I come from two D and because obviously before I got into having like a bigger team, I was basically doing things by myself. So I need to figure how to make three dimensionality how to make shots that they look cool, but that is just myself doing it uh, without having the knowledge of using every single software. So I still work like this, um, even though, you know, now you start getting a little bit more wild because I have a little bit more support, uh, but I still planning cheap and simple uh, the same way that you plan 2D. I mean, in fact, there is a lot of shots in 2D that if you move the camera slightly, breaks apart completely because it's just like a painting full of liars. <clears throat> so there is, there is, there are in in the witness. I think there are like four, four or five full 3D shots. The rest is just painting. It's basically the concept of Bambi. 
Really? This is a cool painting. Yeah, it's basically, they're like paintings and characters. Bambi, in this case, is this girl uh, in on top of the background. So it's basically 2D. The only thing is that the characters, they were three-dimensional. Uh, but the thought is, is, is basically 2D. And then the things that you see that they are like super three-dimensional, there are like a lot of scenes that I did in After Effects, putting together some some paintings uh, in an angle with my cameras and all sort of tricks that I was inventing during the years. And the full 3D shots, I did them with my friend, uh, Heavy Polly, which is like a super, super cool artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were doing them in, in Blender, but it was very similar approach. Like um, we were not actually rendering buildings, we were paint- painting the buildings and make them put them in, in a position, basically. But so it's a, it's, a, it's a collage, you know, like. You know, a part of me, like, when watching it, never watching some of that in animation where I'm like, it looks so beautiful and so clever. There's the part of us that can't enjoy it because we're trying to work out how we did it. But there's, there's, there's stuff in it where I'm like, yeah, it does just look like a painting, but when you've got a character, obviously the painting is like got, is, is 2D and it, you're, you're designing it to look as, you're creating cheats to make stuff look as best as possible because it's 2D. But when you've got 3D characters moving in perspective in these paintings, how are you, are those the shots where you have to build 3D? Because if your perspective is stylized, but your character is scaling that in a realistic way, then it's going to break the illusion. Is that something you think about when you're composing shots? Well, um, when you do, but when you, when, when you create a, painting for Bambi and then you have the deer kind of like running you know towards the inside of the painting is is a is a deer that is running on a flat surface real really but because you have the sense of perspective and then you add the shadows and and you know you add the right colors it works so basically what we had to do with the witness is you know in in 3d when you do lighting you have a whole set and then you put your lightings and then the, all the bounce lights and everything works around the character and everything is perfect. Mm. When you work with a 3D character in front of a painting, we were ro- working the opposite, right? We were like analyzing the painting, where the light is coming from, how we can make this character to look as if he's there, you know, like how can, maybe this is just a painting that I have behind, you know, like how can you prove that it's not? Um, obviously, if you start doing this kind of thing, then yeah. then it's 3D. But if it's not moving, you know, maybe I have basically like a painting here, and perhaps I have like a nice white glow in front of me, and and you will think that I'm, I'm in an apartment, but maybe I am in the beach. <laughs> so it's just a cheat. What I love about animation, and that's why I usually don't like to talk too much how I do things, is. Um, this is because it's a fucking cheat. It's just an illusion, right? It's like uh, this book that Disney, the big book from Disney is called The Illusion of Life. Yeah, yeah. And that's what animation is, right? It's like one drawing after the other that it gives you the illusion of movement. But in reality, it's not moving. It's just like one drawing uh, after the other. I've, I've seen you online doing a bunch of videos about how things are not rotoscoped. And yeah, you seem to be pretty like adamant 
that things are not right to scope. Yeah. And, and I believe you, but like, I, I, I'm also like, I, I guess that I'm interested in what, why, why is it important that things aren't rotoscoped to you? I guess that I would formulate the question in that way. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's a good question. Uh, because it's not, I mean, uh, rotoscoping is basically tracing, right? On top of, of, on top of a person moving. Um, and, that, and that usually takes much, it's, it's a tedious work, obviously, but it's not like, doesn't have the thought of animating, you know? When I was, when I animate, um, a person walking or a person punching somebody, um, you have to have a lot of skills and a lot of knowledge of animation. You need to have your key poses, you have to have the, the breakdowns and you need to study the, the movement. You can actually use real footage to study it, uh, but that doesn't mean that you are gonna trace it and rotoscopy. So it takes a while to do it and um, I don't know, like for example, in, in I guess that you're mentioning a, a, an animation that I was doing of a girl walking. Yeah. Um, that was pretty, <coughs> pretty, pretty, I mean, in, even impressive for myself because I remember I was animating it based my, on my skills doing a realistic animation, which is something that I actually was specializing myself and also learning a lot in, in this, in Simbad and over the years. I, like I'm, I'm obsessed about movement and animation. It's, it's an art itself. And I remember kind of like figuring out a way of painting shadows on the characters. So I was basically doing all the in-betweens, painting all the shadows, painting the two values. And then I was painting frame by fucking frame, which is something that I don't wanna do ever in my life. But I was painting frame by frame, mm -hmm. that motherfucker character, you know, basically, I was just taking the reference and I was frame by frame seeing the reference and I was painting same as you would paint a photograph. Uh, but because I have the perfect trace and the perfect shape of the animation that I was doing on cleanup, I was basically just painting loose, but keeping the shape of the character. And when I press play, it was like, what the fuck? This looks amazing. I was like, not even expecting something like that. And then I started thinking, fuck, people is going to think that I want to scope this shit. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, at the point where you were like, how closely are you stylizing the. Because I guess you can reference something, you know, like even the Disney animators, they reference a lot. Yeah. Of they, they pushed it and they tried to like stylize it. And I guess that is where like the kind of cartoon style of animation evolves from but it feels like you're leaning more to like the re realistic side so I guess like are you where is the balance between I might as well might as well have rotoscoped it or I'm no actually I'm stylizing it enough to 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 satisfy me you know yeah I mean I, I, I like my, my favorite art is is, is realistic, right? My favorite painters are sort of like realistic proportions. Um, when you talk about animation, obviously I love uh, Disney from, you know, like the time of the Dalmatians, uh, which is highly stylized, you know, like Cruella de Bill, you know, and yeah. how it moves is, is, is true. Like it's extremely realistic, but then all of a sudden it's a bear actually dancing with a little kid. Um, and it's an actually big bear. So 
you see an incredible work there, right? Like you are like, wow, yeah, it feels like really real. You can see the reference, but this is actually a bear. It's not like a, they, they didn't rotoscope a bear, obviously. Um, but um, in my case, because I kind of like, like realistic more than anything, you know, like um, uh, nice proportions, uh, that's, I, I guess that, you know, there is like a, some stylization that I like to do, which is basically removing things that you don't need in order to understand the image. Uh, yeah. That's why I, I wouldn't do hyper-realistic skins or hyper-realistic pores. Mm -hmm. um, I will keep the eyes in the right position. I will keep the mouth, the mouth in the right position, but... Um, that's my stylization. Like my work is mostly, I think, based in the definition of uh, impressionism, which is basically what you can see with the hint of an eye. There is like some information that you don't need. You know, like right now we are talking, I recognize two humans, uh, but I don't actually see all your skin detail. And, and I think that that's when in 3D we fail. <laughs> but because in, in 3D many times they put so much detail and the skin is so fucking rich and everything is so busy that the eye gets overwhelmed and then you get directly into the uncanny valley. Mm -hmm. It's too much. Mm. That's, that's quite an interesting correlation though to think that you, as an animator, you, you liked the realism but it was about removing stuff to, to satisfy like the, the, the style of movement that you liked. And then when you moved yeah. into the painting, you did exactly the same thing. It's exactly the same ethos in your paintings. Because when you look at your paintings, like at first glance, you know, like when you, if you look at it on a feed on your phone or on a website, at first glance, it almost looks photographic. And then when you study it, you're like, oh no, there's, they're just squares and like hmm. lines. And, and it, it, it's, uh, it's like capturing this kind of like realism. But if you look at it closely, there's, there's there is i don't want to say lack of detail because they are detailed but like like you said it's not every perfect there's, there's decisions being made yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah i mean it's just like in order to do a cool image you need to be gentle with the eye like you know we there is so much information but the brain is is pretty smart and it only allow us to actually see what is important for us to understand the image. That's it. I mean, even the real world is full of texture, but your focal point is basically whatever you are looking at. Anything around is not, it doesn't have a final render, mm. let's say. I, so, yeah. I was like, I think the first time I was aware of you as a, uh, like an, an art director or like a, an artist, was I think when I saw the rock band, uh, Beatles rock band. Oh, yeah. And um, like, I guess that was when you were like in your full swing of kind of being an art director. And I, but I wonder like, is like what, like what, was you a jobbing kind of painter, background artist? Like at what point did that style, like, to me that feels like the, the, the first time where it all just blended, it, it cl everything clicked, but is that true? Was you working in different styles before that? Like when did this like Mielgo style, because it is a kind of a, it's, it's, it's almost a style in itself. There's loads of people that are like kind of imitating 
the the way you paint like when did that start you know what was the project where you were like oh this <clears throat> yeah that's that's a good question um you know i i don't know when started like the thing is that i am self uh taught like I, I didn't go to school or or i don't have any technique on painting like every time that i start a painting for me it's something completely new still nowadays um so when i approach a painting i just do something that is basically improvising all the time so i guess that i developed something very personal and a way of painting that it was basically struggling how can i represent what i see but shit there's so much detail like for example every time that i see hyper realistic paintings the ones that you get closer and you see like every single hair and i get anxiety i don't know how to do that you know like pores and things like that i find it like it's overwhelming it's so much patient like for me painting needs to be like loose boom 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 i see it boom it's done pan let's go next next okay nice it looks nice like i need to see the things happening in front of my in my eyes quickly um i it gives me so much anxiety it's I'm, I'm not criticizing it like i find it fascinating like when you go to uh you know national portrait the 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 the, uh, the awards that they do every every year like some of them they are like it, it, you, your mind explodes like you don't understand how the fact they can have so much information you know, it's like looking at a fucking tree. I have always problems painting trees because they are, um, and I mean, now I'm forced because the project that I'm doing is basically fucking in nature. It's not like an architecture or anything like that. But when you see a tree, you know, you are painting the tree and then you go back to the thing and then you go to the tree again. And it's like, where, where the fuck my eyes they were? You know, it's like, it's like so much, many fucking details. So I guess that's that. To answer your question that I'm derailing myself a little bit, um, I developed my style out of having no fucking clue of what I was doing. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. And so that, so, but when, but if you were a job in like background painter in the industry, like, you know, from working in commercials in London, yeah, art styles under other art directors or adopt styles under other character designers, was you like, was you working in different styles before, like as a commercial artist before that, or was you Im immediately getting picked up because of this kind of style that you were doing? Well, let me analyze it. I don't really remember, but historically it was DreamWorks, restaurants, pizza places, McLaren. I was working in McLaren, cleaning dishes in uh -huh. Surrey um, because I was living in Woking, by the way. I don't know if you guys know that place, but my girlfriend was working in a hospital there, St. Peter Hospital. And then um, I remember uh, I started working in commercials in some small studios and I was basically animator, right? And then I started working in passion pictures uh, in this, you guys remember the Felix cat commercials? Yeah. So, yes, I was doing some of those as an animator and I start actually doing background paintings for one of the commercial, which was very simple. It was just lines. Mm. And then um, I think that the next job, I think that 
I start kind of like creating a portfolio by myself with my drawings and paintings digitally colored uh, that they were not uh, very complex. It was way more graphic, more 2D. And I was doing nice presentations and then I was showing it there. And then I remember I was basically doing some paintings for Pete Candelan in a commercial for Motorola. That was that was the actually the thing. And 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 then they start kind of like seeing me a little bit more like into the color thing, right? Um, I still love doing animation, but somehow I start kind of like going into art direction and and painting in Photoshop every time, like as 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 well as I could. Like I was basically just learning, doing cool jobs, but sort of like okay i'm gonna try this i'm gonna try that you know like learning photoshop and and that you know lead into i think it was cartoon network and i was doing a lot of developing in cartoon network in london they it was like a small studio that was that open that we were basically developing projects and i was basically doing uh, background background paintings and things like that uh, also with Pete Candelander. Like, I have to say that uh, Pete was for me like a, you know, like a guy that, you know, he brought me into super cool jobs and he kind of delegated on me on art a lot. And uh, I'm super grateful. And he's, I don't know if you guys know him, but he's yeah. amazing guy. Yeah. He's an amazing guy and super talented. I mean, they, I mean, of course, you guys were doing also um, some gorillas lately. Um, but I mean, the first gorilla fucking commercial that, that Pete did with the monkeys dancing and he's like, beyond hell. That, that was like, that's, 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 that's a 2D, that's, that's, that, that was so fresh. You know, it was like a, the freshest fucking 2D I ever saw at the time. I was like, and I remember I was in Spain. I was not even working in animation at the time. I was, I was. I don't know, probably 16 or 17, the first time that I saw that music video with, you know, the, the music was super cool. The characters were like, what the fuck, these punks, you know, like zombies, 2D. I was, I was over, you know, it was like, it was a hell of an experience, I remember. It was amazing to watch. Yeah, there was, there was, there was a period from like 2000 to like 2015 or something where like, there was some crazy talent in that passion building. Like, the, yeah. like Pete Canlan, obviously like Hewlett was making stuff there. Yeah. Um, you like the partnership of you and Robert Valley. Robert, Robert Valley was there as well. Oh my God, that was so cool. Robert is fucking amazing as well. Like that guy is amazing. Yeah. Uh, both talent and his personality is like beyond cool. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's probably one of the coolest guys that I met. Like his tempo, his way of talking, his postures. You know, he's like a super super cool guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, because I guess like that, like off. It's funny that like Beatles rock band advert, like it's almost like the template for like Tron, right? That partnership, like the background song. The, yeah, yeah, like, correct. Exactly. That's how it happened. I mean, we first did uh, the Beatles rock band. The first, uh, the, 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 yeah, we first did that in Passion. And then how it happened, 
Uh, and then I went to Cartoon Network and then I met my friend Charlie Bean, who was the executive producer and director of, of Tron. And, and also Charlie knew uh, Rob at the time in London. So we went, we were together again, you know, like it's like, okay, let's do the same, the same mix. Alberto and Rob. <laughs> Out of curiosity, did Sony invite Rob to do any design on the Spider-Man? Uh, I I actually did. I actually did myself in the in the beginning, right in the beginning, uh, right in the beginning. Yeah, we were exploring a lot in terms of characters. We were really, really exploring a lot. We were bringing a lot of people, and I would have loved but, to. See- his take on spider-man yeah yeah but um rob was actually working on the ciders um in the pure ciders and he was like basically that was his mainly thing to do and um he was i think he was not as impressed in in doing things for spider-man i think that he was in the same situation as myself you know like he didn't want to do more character designs for anybody else. Like he wanted to direct and and he deserved it. You know, he has such a such a strong voice and 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 basically what he Rob what he wants is just give me money to fucking do my film. And and that's what people is doing now. Okay, I give you money and then you just go wild and you just do pure rubber ballet, which is like like you are very much the best and the only one that actually can do it. Which, which which surely is where you're at now as well a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's a it's a good place. It's a good place to start. Uh, I mean, to be definitely in in how animation long, is rare. How long have you been in the industry for now? I started when I was nineteen. Uh, no, actually, I started even earlier. I started when I was seventeen, working in a studio, kind of like at the same time that I was studying. So 17 and I am 42. Uh, fuck, I'm so bad. Uh, 45, uh, 25 years, right? Yeah. That's, it, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, I, I think so many people who get into animation think, you know, they've got a talent. A few years, they'll be in there. But like, even somebody like yourself and Robert Valley, you know, it's taken you guys quite a while, actually, to get to, to, to the, the kind of established place that you are. You know, yeah. despite the fact that you guys are, in in my estimation, some of the the biggest talents in the in the in the world over the last couple of decades, wow. Uh, you you you're um uh you're primarily focused on directing right now, right? The Witness was, I guess, your first big directorial thing. Yeah. Uh, you've done the Watchdogs uh, thing since yeah. then, uh, and there's this the Windshield Wiper, which we watched today. Yeah, just cool. Before and beautiful in in my in mm. my in the, the most beautiful thing you've ever done mm. um, really holy yeah. shit it feels like it feels like a new it feels like something else it feels like a, a new alberto mielgo it's like a softer sweeter mm. version of you and uh i, I really liked it yeah same it thank was you just, uh, every new segment of it was just such a visual treat you know and uh I could stare at your paintings uh, forever, and I ha- and I have on the occasion. <laughs> but it's it's kind of it's weird to be given a time limit to look at your one of your paintings because mm. you're when you when it starts, you just want to soak it all in and look at everything, and then the next scene cuts, and like it, it was kind of 
it, it was like a I found it kind of like a a weird thing to watch because because I just wanted to like pause it on every on every thing. But it was just so beautiful, man. But Thank I, you so much. The, the, I guess the the question I'd I'd sort of throw in there is like what um I'm gonna put some light here. I just want a oh, cigarette. Sorry, sorry. We we've probably been going yeah. a little bit longer than you uh you anticipated. No, it's fine, it's fine. Let's let's continue. I mean you guys are talking amazing things about me, so why not? <laughs> that was a good time to extend it uh so yeah so I, I was just wondering like you i guess you are you are now focused on 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 proceeding as a director i guess now primarily rather than like director. yeah writer director if i mean uh what i basically want to make is feature films in the same direction and um when i do our i mean directing for me includes a lot of things like uh includes designing the world which in a way is art directing as well um I, I don't think i will direct anything that i don't art direct um and then you know doing storyboards doing the sound design doing uh fucking tons of things is 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 like every time that i get into a project i basically don't don't have time off like the project that i'm doing now i started March 2020 and except for um what was the name uh Christmas Eve mm -hmm. uh which that I went to the desert that was my only day off wow. till now and what sort of hours are you doing in, uh, in a day insane retarded like 6 a.m 7 a.m to 11 p.m okay and so how are you in such good shape? That's one question I have. Because at the 11 p.m. I go for a run or I go for a ride. <laughs> yeah. You nutcase. Wow. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or, or maybe in the middle of the day, like depends. Now it's hot. I prefer in the evenings, but in the winter it's nice. Like before lunch, I go for a 30 minutes run or something like that. But you don't, like that. you don't have friends. You don't like socialize. No, no, I don't know anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean my friends. My friends are fucking amazing. I know a lot of people, but they know that when I'm working, I disappear for months. Like mm -hmm. with the whole COVID thing, people has been facing kind of like, yeah, yeah, being alone for a long time. Like I, my record is maybe I've been maybe like for like five months without actually seeing anybody, for example, and oh. um, because I'm working or developing or whatever. Um, or if if I'm in my studio, I only see people in the studio. But, but to, uh, sorry to, to ask you like a personal question like yeah of course does that make you happy yeah i mean it's what i like to do i mean i'm 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 a person that i am very used to be by myself and i really appreciate that you know like i'm a person that i like to look at the world and enjoying it like i i don't i don't need to you know, like, oh my God, I'm in a, in a sunset watching something amazing. I wish that I'm with somebody. Like, I don't need that. Like, I'm just like in awe with the world. I, I love to be alive. I love the world. So um, working in something that I love uh, is is basically my the biggest the biggest pleasure that I that I can have. Like, wake up in the morning. Imagine when I was doing The Witness, I have my studio here in Madrid with my team and, you know, I, I had money to make the fucking film that I always wanted to do. 
uh, I was waking up every morning with five hours, six hours of sleep, extremely energetic and happy. And it's like, boom, I'm going to have my breakfast and I'm going to fucking go and work with this project, which is, which is amazing. It's, it's, it's my favorite thing to do. But of course, between projects, as you know, you have to pitch or you have to write or you have to do things. I might spend six, seven months without mm -hmm. any income or any job. Uh, and that's the time where, you know, I might have a blast or I might go with my friends almost every day or, or I, I have way more social life. Uh, but when I'm working, it just takes this time. And I, I cannot even imagine what it's going to be to do a feature film, you know, that's going to be like, I was gonna Stupid. ask, like, to, from from our experiences, like directing bigger and bigger projects in in our studio, I find that I do. I mean, I guess this is the difference between you and you and I, like, why you're where you are and where I'm where I am. But uh, I do zero on the box stuff now. I just can't do it. I'm feed, like doing feedback to people or client calls or. And it seems like the, the more success you get in your career, the more on the box you do. And I, I wonder if that's like, how are you able to, I mean, I guess that what you just said explains that, but how viable do you think that is going into a feature film where you'll have like a thousand cuts or something? That, like, like yeah. learn to delegate at all? Like, yeah, I mean, of, I mean, for example, any kind of like short film, The Witness or or The Windshield Wiper, storyboarding a short film, something that obviously I can totally do by myself, doing the animatics, it's something that I love. It's basically like, okay, let's just play with film. Yeah. Uh, but if you are gonna do like an 80 minutes film, uh, I, I, I wish, like, I mean, I know that I'm gonna do a big majority of the storyboards still, but I need to delegate on 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 people and and i need to find a way of doing that uh there is a lot of delegation that i'm having already um uh but but you know even i don't know for example painting the textures of the characters is something that i do myself um uh, or we project it and then i have to retouch it so i get like the OBJs and then I, I, I paint manually in, in Photoshop. So there's a lot of things that I keep doing in order to keep the essence of the film. But if the, if the project is bigger, I definitely need to find um, art visionaries that, that I can delegate as well. And that also they basically bring things that perhaps I was not even thinking, right? I, I guess that delegation is going to be a, a moment in which I am like, okay, well, I cannot absolutely control absolutely everything. Let's just bring the right people, I, I suppose. Do you feel prepared for that moment? That, uh, the short films would be a good, I mean, I guess you already are working with a wider team, but I saw on the windshield wiper that you did every background in that whole film. And yeah. I Was that a budgetary thing or was that a... No, I mean... I have to be honest, the, the windshield wiper is a project that I've been doing for like fucking six years, you know, and it was basically just, a, I started doing it before Spider-Man. I started doing it before The Witness. I started doing it probably right after Throne or something like that. So I started doing paintings, character designs, and, and 
obviously it's a very small film that has been kind of like traveling with me until until now. Um, it was not a big deal to do all the paintings. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know, is there like 40, 50? I don't even know how many paintings the the short half and is 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 more simple technically than the witness, but kind of like similar vibe. Um, but it's m way more simple than what I'm doing, for example, now, which I am getting way more into sophisticated full 3D. Uh, so, you know, there is now, for example, uh, I I do paintings in my film, but I have people that they follow my work for amount of years that they are fucking incredible young people that I don't even know how they fucking paint like that. It took me 40 motherfucking two years to paint uh, the way that I do. And then these motherfuckers that they are working in, in my team, they are like on their 20s and you don't even know how the fuck these people paint. It's, it's insane. I was going to say, it's probably an easy time to crew for your projects because everyone's doing your style now anyway. So yeah. It is. It is. Yes. Well, funny enough is there is so much fucking animation projects now and so much jobs yeah. that it's fucking difficult to hire. Sure. I guess that you guys are in the same thing. Yeah, yeah we have sure. exactly the same issue. I mean, yeah. we're, we're lucky, like, we are probably one of those companies sucking up the talent as well. But yeah, like, it is, it's becoming more and more difficult to, to crew up for jobs for sure yeah but i mean of course like but but you guys it's true you guys have a name you have have a status and there's a lot of people that they they are probably like fuck i want to be part of the line um because like let's let's talk about you now <laughs> it's true that, no but it's true you guys are like so fresh and so cool and 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 the things that you guys do uh they are just you know like exploring the 2d how you guys are exploring it and bringing this kind of like you know like anime mixed with you know like european or you know it's, it's, it's like a super fresh mix and it makes sense that a lot of people want to work in your in your company um because you started like being different artists like all of a sudden they start getting together because you guys are um, number of directors with very um, uh, significant and, 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 and very cool different styles. I remember knowing some of you and I remember knowing some others of you just because of the line, but I remember when the line was kind of starting, I was like, oh, wow, these guys are fucking cool. I think that I, I started knowing your work because of Christian and yeah, Antonelli, yeah. that yeah. he was actually animating in, in the windshield wiper. Yeah, I remember when I think Christian, the I think I met animation's him. best kept secret. Right? Yeah, Christian, man, Christian he is someone who frustrates the hell out of me, man. Like, because he, yeah, he is so he's fucking, gonna listen to this. Yeah, let him listen to it. He's so <laughs> fucking good, but he doesn't yeah. accept it that he is. And yeah. he's one of the most talented men. He should be, I think he should be alongside a, a name in the industry like you and Robert. And he, yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah, he has a, and he, he has something that is very cool. It is like he has very good taste. Yeah. Uh, you know, his his drawings are elegant. Mm -hmm. The things that he posts are, you know, elegant and well created. He, he doesn't fucking throw things. Like he all of a sudden do something that has like few lines and is like 
wow, that's a fucking cool drawing. Because there's nothing that guy doesn't know about. Yet, like sometimes I'm talking to him about like a bit of music that I've just found or some fashion jacket thing from the 1940s. That I'm like, oh, these are cool, or or like a trainer or a shoot, and he just knows everything about it already. <laughs> like that taste always injected into his work. Like mm. yeah, but yeah, I think he introduced us like back in the day. I think, passion party and i remember him telling me that he was working on a short film of yours which i guess is was the winter wipe yeah thinking like oh what happened to that film <laughs> that, but, that's uh, the one yeah that's so the one when, when does it when is it going to get a, a sort of general release because obviously you've just shown it a can recently yeah yeah we shot guns and um that's i'm not sure man yeah huh? yeah 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 that was that was i mean a total dream like i always wanted to be in the festival and also cool for for guns as well right it's just like recognizing another type of animation you know it's not it's it's not like an animation festival and mm -hmm. they actually got it that's something that i really liked um i'm not sure i mean at the moment where i would like the film is to have like a nice life into festivals like showing mm -hmm. it into films and theaters and see where it goes and probably at some point is going to be in some sort of like um streaming or or whatever you know i I'm, I'm not too sure what's the what's the life of a short film uh now nowadays i think you're gonna that's gonna be oscar nominated for sure like that would be amazing hello i mean uh <laughs> it be like, no way like i'd be so surprised that would be cool you know but but to do that it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of, uh, you know, it's just like, you know, like, 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 you know, like, you know, to do the, you need to do a good PR, you need to promote the film, you know, it's like sometimes you are competing against the Pixar short film, you know, that they, that they are going to promote the shit out of it and they're going to send it to the right people, you know, this is at the end of the day, this is just a very independent, uh, independent film and you, competing with with the big giants in those such a big categories you know you are not talking into to small festivals you're talking about you know something that is that big mm. that's that's a hell of a, a competition i mean if if we even get uh in the short list that will be already like being an independent super independent film that is has no support behind uh that will be fucking huge you have someone doing the kind of pr and making sure it gets into oscar qualifying um uh, uh festivals and things like that yeah yeah exactly i mean like when we we need to basically do what 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 the people do right it's like getting into agencies and but nowadays you can even do that yourself you know you can actually get into this film freeways called and you can see all the cool festivals and submit it. It's not even difficult. You just need to select the films, the festivals that you like. And, and just because of Cannes, um, which was super cool, um, um, we got invited at least to, you know, like send us the link and we got invited to several festivals already just because, you know, the status is already very cool. Do you, do you, wanna, do you wanna talk about what you're doing now? Cause you're obviously like, 
I can't, I can't. It's like the fucking typical thing that you need to sign and then you cannot talk. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't mind to talk about it in a bar, but if we're going to put this in YouTube or something, it's like I, I get my everything chopped off. Of we can myself. get everybody who watched this podcast to sign the NDA if yeah, you want. Yeah, we you can sign an NDA before the link gets. Yeah, yeah uh, that would be rather laborious. I, I, I will, I will <laughs> just keep it. Silent. It's fucking annoying, to be honest. In animation, you cannot say, you cannot, I mean, anywhere, like you have all these obviously um, uh, super confidential jobs um, for the for the good, I suppose. But, you know, animation takes, you know, to, to do, you know, a short film, it takes a year. Like a feature film, it takes two, three years. Like you just disappear from the world. You cannot do anything else apart from showing here and there a few drawings, a few somethings. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like that, right? Like there is like a lot of things that you cannot talk until you show it and then you're like, finally, fuck, I can show it. You are super proud, but can, you're can, in this. Sorry, can you can you say, is it like a beach film or is it a, a series or a, a short film? No, no, no. I mean, right now, right now is okay. an, an, another little film that is okay fucking insane right. like best fucking thing i ever did and the most sophisticated fucking wow. shit like oh, visual everything like it's retarded uh, sorry i use that word um but uh, but yeah and more things that they are coming up that after right after these that uh same thing unfortunately i cannot talk but i, I would love to if i am if it's if it's if it's on me I would love to share a little trailer two years two years before the fucking release of anything, you know, and, and and kind of like feed a little bit the the audience, like okay, here are some designs. Like yeah. I don't know, I don't know why we are not doing that. Yeah, I guess that I guess it's because you are scared that somebody else, you know, is is gonna release something similar before you. Like for example. Uh, with Spider-Man, I remember that I finished The Witness way before fucking Spider-Man mm. came out. And I was like, please, I want to show fucking The Witness before Spider-Man comes out, right? And, and I finished it months before, you know. Mm. And we released five months later. Like, I, it was just waiting there. And I was like, no, no, fuck. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Maybe from your perspective, that's disappointing. But to me, it was the right time because I'd seen all these designs that you'd done from Spider-Verse. And then it was like, ah, this was the film that it could have looked like. And it, and it, it sort of like quenched that first a little bit to see, because I was, you know, it was the what if, like what it could have been kind of thing. Mm, what if. Yeah, and, uh, and that kind of satisfied. So for me, that was, if I'm glad it came, uh, after you know it's you, true it's true i mean it was cool I, so you, you you're you're directing the thing that you're currently doing yes no. yes yes I, I don't do anything else that is not directing anymore like any like when i like people write to me like if i want to do concept art or or art direction for something or like i i'm i'm not interested in that um look i'm for it to I don't know how many films I can do in my lifetime. You know, it's just like you, you, if you look at 
you know, uh, Woody Allen or, or, or Sidney Lumet, that they have like over 70 fucking titles in mm -hmm. their career, including TV, including whatever. Uh, like there is, I cannot, I cannot waste any time. I, um, maybe I can do four films. I don't know, you know, like wow. if you think about it, it's like four films multiply by three, four years, yeah. you know, that's, that's what it takes to fucking do animation. Like I, I, I was in the Annie Awards last year and uh, Henry Selick was saying something super amazing. And he says like in an animation, in animation, sometimes it's lucky enough to do minutes of animation. And some of us, we are lucky enough to do few hours the most. And, and that's it. Like, I mean, if you just fucking put all the things that you did in life in animation, it might be two hours or one hour and a half, you know, it's like, we're... <laughs> and it took you fucking 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. It's, uh, it's, it's depressing to think like that. I know, it's depressing. Like, sorry, like, sorry. We cannot no, no, finish. No, 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 it's, no, it's true. <laughs> Uh, and you're the lucky one if you if you've if you've got to do that much. Mm. Yeah, because even Henry Selleck, I mean, how how many feats you've done? Like four or five? I don't know how many films he did, but I mean, he that quote there it kind of like got me, and mm. I was like, holy shit! Uh, I need to rush the shit because this is you know. Like time is like clicking, click, 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 click. So how how certain are you that you're gonna get a feature off the ground? Is it like a sign done deal, or is it? No, I mean right now what I have is like I've been basically everything takes forever, you know. But uh, that's what I'm doing now. I have like a several projects, and I have several investors, and. Uh, and I've, I mean, with my agency, that is super, super cool. Uh, that has to be the next thing. Like there is, I don't want to do more shorts. I don't want to do more commercials. Like I have sometimes, I mean, you get this agency telling you like, we want you to do this uh, commercial, high budget, whatever. It's like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be seven months Mm. again of my life to do a fucking one minute or mm. two minutes like obviously if i do not do what i want to do i need to get and do anything you know like to do the ubisoft thing uh, the watchdogs it was like a super cool experience i loved it but it took a long time yeah. and it's just like a it's, it's like a quick experience in your eyes right like boom just mm. passed um that was amazing but, Thank you very much. It was a homage to, to London, by the way. Yeah, man, I, I felt it as well. Like, I knew every location in that. I was like, I was like <laughs> that's uh, Shoreditch High Street. That's uh, yeah. that corner shop is. Like, I, I know that pub. Like, it, mm. it, was, it was beautiful, man. And I, I appreciated every moment of it, like, so much. It was Thank you so of, much. It was definitely, like, one of those moments where, like, you, you sort of watch it and then you, you put it on Slack and you look up and everyone in the studio has got it on their screen and uh, mm. and just like <laughs> what we spoke yeah. about at lunch that day and like, you know. Uh, For a while afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, nice. 
it definitely cut through all the stuff that was like coming out at the time. Man. I think that like watching the making of is that yeah. uh, of that as well was the first time I really sort of understand understood how you put stuff together. I think probably so. Yeah, yeah it's really interesting. I want. I know we're, like we're hogging you a little bit, but just before we go, like, I would like to ask you yeah. about um, you sort of like got into the NFT space and oh yeah yeah um it's something that like I'm definitely like interested in and like it's something when when it was all happening I was sort of like oh maybe the line should do an nft and then i started seeing all this stuff of like huge backlash about like uh it's like the, particularly from the art community about um like the how environmentally friendly it is or how uh -huh. it is about you know or how capitalist it is and all this kind of stuff and i wondered like what was your experience having experimented with it is it something that you do again? yeah uh I'm, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm preparing another one. Definitely, I'm going to do another drop. Uh, and um, I love it. I think is for fuck's sake, come on. Uh, when, I, when I was seeing all the digital artists or people protesting about it and criticizing things, I was just like, you know, like you work for these motherfucking companies that they get the soul out of you. Like you design characters and you cannot even have like a zero comma fucking two percent of anything that you do you know like you just sign everything like there is companies that they've been told me they've been telling me before um any scribble that you do when you are talking in the phone if you are working in my project is mine you know like they are just fucking assholes and um for the first time we can actually owe royalties and we can have uh, owning our piece and if somebody sell it we can have a percentage you know that, that doesn't even happen in the art world um, and it's also the first time that digital art is being nicely considered, not among not among the not among the art world, like among the people that they like art, basically, because the art world is like a minority still. Um, you go to galleries, and most of the times you don't understand what you are seeing, like there, like like people that were protesting about. NFT being abstract because it's like a digital piece. And you know, like the, the art world has been selling abstract work, work so abstract that you can put it upside down and you don't even fucking know the difference, you know? So that's abstract. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the environment, well, it's a very new industry. And the good news is that everybody is very aware of it. Mm. Um, and, and I am, I'm very keen of new rich thinkers, yeah. new rich people, you know, like I am aware of new Elon Musk's, you know, that there is like these kids that they're like the collectors that they've been working on NFTs and they were developing all the Ethereum or the crypto. They're very young people that they've been spending a lot of time in computers and they are the new thinking people and i want these people to be billionaires yeah. you know like fucking general motors and all this industry they were ignoring the environment for a whole century yeah and and now this new industry is very aware of what is happening like everything is getting much lighter um there is like a renewal energies and everybody's putting an effort 
into change it. Um, so, you know, uh, I think that already is changing, and um, and I definitely want these people. Uh, I don't want to be a billionaire. Like I wouldn't know what to do with that fucking money. But I want people that they are like thinking, people that they are into crypto. You know, people that they understand things like that like i don't even understand crypto myself properly you know like i want the people that create that the ones that they are actually ruling the world and the ones that they have the money to to actually make the right decisions yeah i think i think there's some good points there for sure like i i've seen arguments from both sides about the how actually environmentally friendly or damaging it is and there seems to be a bit of debate there certainly there's a lot of like efforts and energies being put into making it more environmentally friendly which is not true of like you said a lot of um you know uh, like the motor industry and the oil industry yeah it's been absolutely destroying the planet for many years so it definitely is a good point but even if like, i feel like nfts has got such a they're so tarnished and there is so much debate about it that even if it was completely environmentally friendly I, I still feel like there's a stigma against it. And like, I think it, even us as a company, like it, we'd be worried about like what, what kind of heat it would bring on us. So I, I just wondered if that, if you care at all about that, or I mean, obviously it seems like you don't, you know, like, but, um, cause it could, it could potentially damage your career in some way, you know, like. Well, you know, um, there is a lot of things that can damage your career, you know. Uh, um, unfortunately, nowadays everything looks a little bit like the fucking Inquisition. Like you just open your mouth, you say the wrong thing, and then everything goes to hell. Like it's, it's almost like the medieval times when yeah. when they were burning people and people they were watching it and they were enjoying it. And there is people that they are very active on ruining whatever uh, person uh, just because they say something wrong. And nowadays it happened that any sort of like social issue companies first thing that they do is they announce like we are against it mm. you know it's like i i personally prefer to keep myself in 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 silent in in these sort of opinions and and i just you know i can give my opinion about nft and i can be like a like a fighter a against people that is against nft i can i can tell you right i mean i i told you already what i think and i think that the old system is the one that is not working and the new energies and and the new technologies like i believe in technology more than the old fucking system i think that that's gonna be a much nicer solution for for everybody and i can be active on that but I just prefer to do art. Like I'm, I'm just an artist. I see a beautiful new platform. I see a new audience. Uh, I've been always fucking, you know, like a digital artist is like in animation, dude. Like I remember when I wanted to sell paintings in a gallery that I had my resume that I was working in this, I was working in Disney, I was working whatever. And I was just showing my resume and, 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 the, and these people, they were advising me you know what, you shouldn't say that you've been working in Disney. You shouldn't say that you've been doing this. You shouldn't fucking say that you're an artist, you know? And, and, and that's, 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 that's lame, right? So now for the first time, all this amount of nerds that we are, 
we are doing robots and cool fucking things and and it's being considered art i need to jump into that yeah. period yeah yeah that's a good, definitely a good point i feel yeah i i, I had a similar a similar feeling when there was a, i mean for a long time i guess digital artists about their work being stolen and repurposed and reused and here yeah something that offering a solution and there was such a renouncement of it not even not only just from i mean i can understand if you're like you know uh, concerned about the environmental impacts of it i think that's one thing but i i saw people arguing it from a kind of like the, the capitalist side of the art industry and i was like you know if you're going to make money from your art in any form even if it's from patreon or whatever you're you're, you're in some form playing into the, the capitalist society because you want to make money in order to just operate as an artist and here's yeah. like, where you're just getting it in one sort of chunk um but was it a, was it worth it was it profitable for you like I mean, you don't have to get into the numbers to me but like yeah yeah i mean it was it was amazing i mean it was it was pulling us from pretty you. successful it is it is i have to say it's weird when when the whole auction things you know like you you never i never experienced that i never experienced that putting your art for uh 10 minutes and then all of a sudden people is is buying and then you start seeing numbers and then you get anxious you know it's like oh my god it almost feels like the raffle kind of vibe or the or when you go and see horses it's almost like mixing anxiety with art <laughs> So it, it felt a little bit strange, but but um, but it, it it was I mean for the first drop that I ever did, um, people liked it. They thought that it that I put some thought behind. Um, that's what I wanted to do basically. I just wanted to give my opinion about what I was doing and why I thought um, that archiving digital art in a way is is cool. I mean. Re- Regardless if it's profitable or not, I think that archiving digital art uh, officially is pretty amazing because uh, you know it lives there. I don't know if it's gonna live forever, but you know it it, it, it has like an space while you know our paintings, you know our drawings, they you know they 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 with the pass of time, same as us, they basically die, you know. Yeah, while sure. well, digital doesn't. So I, I thought it was very, very cool. So I, I want to keep exploring it. I, I, I really like it. I want to keep doing it. I actually wanted to explore a long format, but it's not ready yet to do anything like that. Um, so but that? Uh, like I wanted to do like long format, NFT long format. Like at, at first when I start doing it, it's like, okay, I, I even knew the limitations i even knew too much about it so i'm like okay let's let's do a whole cool film short film or whatever that is nft but it's it's apparently it's not that interesting i'm i'm new about it i'm i'm full of ideas um and i think that um the the whole community also per se is, is super is super interesting and it's new it's new as well it's it's, it's a new audience somehow yeah it's interesting like you wanting to to do like a long form on it because i guess that is a way of funding it you know um 
yeah of the eternal problem of making films and short films it's like you know that, that, i guess that's one thing i wanted to uh, maybe like the, my last question to you is like how important okay. do you feel like making short films is uh you know to animators or to an artist because we 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 were sort of asked to do the, this series of podcasts by the um uh the bfi and 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 talk you know talk about like the film funding and their film funding but um you know like how have you found getting your film funded or, or how important do you think it is to get film funding to make your films because I, I think a lot of people you know tend to do it without funding as well yeah i mean you, your question is how important it is to make a short film in order to to show your work or 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 what, it, what, where are you, where are you trying to, oh, what do you want me to say? <laughs> a rambling question. I guess it's like, how important do you think it is to make short films as a kind of an animator or a director, uh, you know, as opposed to just trying to get commercial work and then how important do you Oh, think I understand. Well, it's very, it's very different. I mean, unless you have a commercial, I mean, it's basically narrative. Uh, a short film, you tell a story, you are not selling a product. Uh, even if you do a cool commercial for Stellar Toys, which usually they have like nice narrative, the narrative is not like a character evolution or it's not like a character deconstruction. It's basically an evolution to Stellar Toys is fucking cool. By the way, we are not sponsored by Stellar Toys. Everybody still know. <laughs> But uh, it's, it's like they usually do this kind of narrative uh, commercials. But um, I think that is very, if you want to make film, you should do short films because, um, or film or writing or comic books because it's narrative. But if what you want to do is commercials, which I think is amazing, like commercials is a world that is um, on its own incredible. I don't, what was the name? Fuck. Uh, uh, you guys remember the PlayStation commercial with the We Are Alien Girl? Uh, uh, Chris Cunningham, yeah. Oh my God! You know that? It you know like there are, there are some commercials out there that they are like what the fuck and 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 and, and it's it's so good that is they are not selling the thing, but all of a sudden you are so curious about the product because the commercial is so good. So. Yeah. It's, it's a completely different discipline. I think that narrative and commercial, sometimes commercial is so good that it's basically art itself, uh, which is the case of what Chris Cunningham was doing um, with those. They were like, wow. Mm. Or video clips, right? Like, because he was doing Apex Twin as well. So maybe what you want to do is video clips. And, and it's also like super cool to do uh, video clips, I suppose, either in animation or in whatever. They are like amazing masterpieces, uh, sometimes narrative and sometimes just visuals that they are like, wow, I want more of this. So any project. Do you think yeah. if you did features, you would continue to do shorts? I like shorts. Uh, um, I cannot say if I like shorts more than features because I never did a feature. But uh, I like I like shorts because you see them the next year. Uh, it's, it's like a it's like a short turnaround and and it's like a curated small kind of piece. Like if I never if I never actually do a feature film and I keep doing shorts, why not? You know, it's it's, it's cool. I mean, I I 
I love the characters. I, I love the universe. I, I got fully involved into this thing, you know, like I, 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 I don't see, I mean, the format, the, 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 I mean, the length is, is not an issue, I suppose, but you obviously want to do something longer just because you want the thing to stay into people's lives, I suppose. But shorts can be as well. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess that I'm starting to, my answers are not as bright as before. I feel it. I'm, I'm, starting, <laughs> I'm starting to get yeah. tired. You've been so generous with your time. Yeah, man. I really appreciate it. Of course. It's such a pleasure to, to talk with you. I've been such a fan of your work from, from the Blogspot days. Uh, oh my god that was cool blogspot was nice blogspot yeah, was, it was nice. Uh, yeah and it, I, i'm so glad to see you achieving what you want to be achieving and your work is just getting better and better and like yeah i just i really just hope the best for you man like with, with your career because i just want to see that kind of work out there man thank you super super appreciated thank you very much for inviting me and uh, yeah i have to say that i usually don't like too much to do appearances or talking but um, i guess that we were having like kind of like almost meeting sometimes like i was here you were missing you were in la or things like that and, and you have like a very cool vibe and i was like okay or talking with the line guys Definitely can be like a cool thing. Let's just do it. But we need to fucking meet and drink something. Yeah. Definitely either in a pub or in a taberna in Madrid, whatever. That's something that we have to do. Yeah, we were talking yeah, about those vaccines. We were talking about doing a trip to Madrid, like uh, to go and to meet some of the Klaus crew. They were in Madrid. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Well, just because we wanted thinking like, when that film was finishing, that's probably a good time to start trying to poach talent. <laughs> nice. But uh, it never, obviously, never happened with COVID and stuff like that. But um, oh, fuck, of course. Yes, yeah, Sp uh, yeah, Spain's where it's at right now. Oh, Madrid really? seems to be. I mean, what you're allowed yeah. to go is no. Cool. In terms of oh. talent. Oh yeah, yeah. It seems to be a lot of talent time. over there right now. So. It is. It is. Yeah, it's, it's it's packed. There is like a lot of people in the industry. It's, it's pretty amazing. I'm I'm pretty happy with that. And also, the government is also helping a lot mm. with um, tax breaks and things like that, which is always obviously a cool thing well yeah when it opens up man we'll come, we'll come out there and get a bit of sun get, get some beers hang out yeah let's do it let's do it sounds cool it's tough. All, all right, right. Brother. have a nice evening don't go Banger, back, guys have a beer and chill out <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go for a run right now good stuff thanks mate. thank you for that thank you Bye. um just want to say a massive thanks to alberto for his generosity with the amount of time he gave us. Uh, we definitely took advantage of having him with us and uh, it was it was amazing talking to him and I really hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed talking to him. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Jordan McGarry from the BFI Network for um, inviting us to kind of like start the podcast up again and, and by funding it. Um, I just want to uh, shout out the BFI Network again for... Uh, its continued support of filmmakers and, and film funding and they actually got as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast they have a, a film fund that's open twice a year you can find more information via network.bfi.org.uk and we'll put this link below as well as all their kind of um, social media accounts where you can find out more info about them 
Um, and if you want to find out any more about us, um, uh, you can always go to thelineanimation.com, uh, where all of our work lives. Um, we're a London-based animation studio, um, and on our website you'll find links to all of our socials and uh, our portfolio of work. Thanks very much, and hopefully catch you on the next one. Thanks very much. Like and subscribe. Thank <laughs> you.